0: And welcome to White Line Fever Live. It's the first uh, show we've done in a few weeks or maybe a week and a bit, something like that. Certainly the first video one in about a fortnight. Before I introduce our guest, I want to thank uh, everyone who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash white fever. And um, that's about it, basically. Um, if you're listening, look at the show notes. If you're watching, also look at the show notes and you can find heaps of cool links there, um, stuff that will interest you and also ways to support the show. Our guest, and I actually went to the um, barbers yesterday and got a, you know—got cleaned up because he's always impeccably turned out. Uh, is a fellow who's been on once before, Keith Mason. Hey, Keith, how are you, mate? Uh it's great to be back
1: on, Steve. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> good, good. Now, um, there's a lot to talk about, but um, I think we should maybe rewind a little bit to before we started recording and 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 uh, broadcasting. Um, you were telling me about a workout you just did that was. Not a workout. Can you explain yeah. to the viewers and listeners a bit about
1: that? Yeah, so it's called uh, EMS, electrical Mus- muscle stimulation, and it's basically you put a suit on. It's like a, a giant tens machine, and what you do is you work for 20 minutes nonstop, and there's certain exercises like you do crunches, you'll do squats, you do single leg squats, you'll do uh, triceps, you'll do biceps. Uh, so every four seconds. you're you're breathing for four seconds and the the, the four seconds you breathe out the whole suit electrocutes you basically so it's like so it it, it contracts your muscles so when you're doing the actual crunch you're squeezing all your muscles and it's like honest i i burn about 600 calories in 20 minutes i've never done that ever Mm. uh an intense workout and it's something different for me uh because it just it just mixes my training up. I like to do a lot of things like running, walking, hiking. Uh, do a lot of do a lot of yoga now, because obviously playing rugby league for so many years, your joints get stiff and having, you know, ruptured discs in my neck and my back, which took me out of action for quite a while. Uh, I'm very aware of what type of training I do now. So I just mix up a lot of things, but I stay away from like heavy squats and bench press and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't tend to do that, but this EMS... Uh, which is in Harrogate at the minute, but they're moving over to Leeds uh, Streets Lane. Uh, they're going to be working with, with my partner, Riona. And obviously, if you don't know Riona, she had a spinal stroke six years ago, uh, which she became paralyzed, and she's an incomplete from T12 down. But this will probably be the first time that Riona's had a real workout. There's certain stuff, the most of the stuff she can do, and I think the per- personal trainers will help her through it. But it's just a game changer. and I'm really excited to see Riona on the machine and obviously, you know, help her get up because, you know, with her injury. And if you look at her, you'd never think that she was paralysed because she's in such phenomenal shape and she's got body dysmorphia and all the rest of it, uh, but it's going to help her. And I'm looking forward to the results like, you know, four, five, six months down the line. Uh, for both of us. So, you know, I think people should really get onto this. It's, it's interesting, but it, it, was, it was a tough workout. I'm very surprised.
0: Can, um, can anyone get this EMS system? I mean, how does it, yeah. How does it work?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, what you do is you go to the website. Uh, they're on Instagram. You go to the website and you just uh, sign up for a, a free session. So everybody who goes gets a free session anyway. So you go there, you sign up. Uh, I can send you over the, the link after this uh, call and that, but I'm not no promoter. I'm not uh, part of this any business wise, but I, I just think it'd be, it's a different way of waking out, but the contraction on the muscles is burning so many calories. Uh, and I think if people don't like running or don't like going to the gym, I think it's a brilliant alternative for people to go there and work out. And, and you've got a personal trainer literally stood right next to you, helping you. So mm. it's, it's fun. It's fun. And, it, and, you know, I've heard some great things about it. So I'm looking forward to the results in maybe six weeks' time.
0: Now, um, the previous time we spoke to you, you had um, Rugby Blood, your graphic novel, out. Um, yeah. And it made, made quite an impact, I think. Um, now, I think, I think the reason that you're back is because you're doing a sequel. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. What's the story? What's the story? <laughs> What's the story? Well, to be honest with you, uh, I mean, the first time around, you know, the artist who I worked with, uh, we decided to do the story about David King, which was originally a script, a film script, which uh, I'd co-written uh, with a, another writer who, uh, Pinewood Studios took an interest in the script. I did a bit of research, realised that there's nothing, nothing be, ever been done on a, on a comic book level or graphic novel level where it was a story about a rugby league player and other rugby players like, you know, uh, Dalia uh, uh, Cherry, Evans Cherry, Tyson Frizzell, Victor Radley, uh, the young fullback who plays for uh, New Zealand Warriors, Reese. Uh, you know, what I'm about the young superstar. Uh, all these big stars, including Carl Zagi, the boxer, who plays my uh, partner in crime in, in the actual comic. We've got Adam Mills in there. And I just thought, you know, to reach out to these players and ask them if they wanted to be involved as characters and use their names and and likeness was, I think was a great idea for myself, a bit of a masterstroke, really, because, you know, what other people could have gone, reached out to athletes and said, do you want to be a comic character? And I just just had the balls to do it. I did it, worked out. Uh, I decided to go with a different artist this time around. I think uh, the artist is a lot more experienced than the last one. And... The detail is just phenomenal it's just amazing it's a, it's going to be a joy for not just comic book readers to read but just anybody in general uh, the storyline is a little bit different uh but the artwork is just I, 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 and i'll send you some through you can put some up onto uh social media if you want but you know i'm very excited about the launch The launch is, is either this week or next week we're going to be setting up a patreon page for Ruby blood uh, volume two and it'll be a subscription. So people can buy a subscription. Uh, there's different types of subscriptions. There's a, a bronze, a gold, and a silver. Uh, and you'll get, like, five pages of the best artwork possible. But, you know, I'm really excited because there's nothing ever been done like this before, and we're in his own lane with this one. The story is developed. Uh, it's about a sports star who's kind of like a double agent. Uh, Jerome Lau plays a big part in this one. Uh, in fact, Jerome Lau is... He plays against David King in, in a one-on-one rugby league game. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, you know that's kind of an original concept what I came up with. Uh, so, David King plays against J- Jerome Lau, but Jerome Lau is like a super. He's like a superstar, obviously, in in, in the world of rugby. But he's a uh, he's a double agent in, in in this story, as well as uh, Josh Adulcars in there as a double agent. Uh, you've got Adam mills also in there. Uh, yeah, and all these big stars. So, and you know, they're quite buzzing about, it, especially Jerome Lau, because Jerome Lau is a big—he's a big fan of anime. And uh, you know, our goal really is to to make this into an anime in the next twelve months, mm. uh, which would feature on uh, Netflix. And you know, to have them boys involved, maybe even use them boy- boys—the uh, players in Australia as as voiceovers—would be fantastic. So yeah, uh, there's no limits of where we can go. We're we're also Talking about making the uh, the top trunk cards, which are the game cards, with all the superstars from Super League and, and the NRL, but under the Ruby Blood banner. So,
0: mate, I mean, you did hope to do um, turn it into a, a film or a series, yeah. Ruby Blood One. How, how
1: far down the track did you get with that? Uh, well, to be honest with you, Ruby Blood One uh, is is still. Uh, as end goal is, is to do that, is to make that into the first episode of Rugby Blood. But we're, we're talking about doing a remake of the actual comic. So basically a similar story, but new a new artist. So the art, the artwork will be uh, completely different. We'll probably add in a few more different plays in there. Uh, but the first book was, you know, it was about a young kid who overcame uh struggle. Stuff, and we decided to make that young kid my story when I was a kid. Uh, because, you know, I I was uh, on the wrong side of of the law and I was in a lot of trouble as a kid and it didn't seem like I was going to do anything with my life. And then 14, uh, after going to court so many times, for so many misdemeanors, I decided that I wanted to be a rugby league player and I made all the sacrifices. And, you know, that's what the book's about. It's it's a a self-help book to show kids that you can go through uh, a tough childhood. you can go through a lot of adversity but if you have a dream and you have a desire to achieve that dream then you can you can you can achieve it and I, I, I'm you know I'm a blueprint for, I'm a blueprint for that so uh, it's just passing passing it's just that like I said it's it, it's a self-help but, but it's like it's a good story as well and and we've just continued with with the Ruby Blood saga and I think a lot of people probably thought they were quite surprised when I did something like this but it's just one of many things I'm doing at the moment.
0: Um, yeah, Keith, um, we'll, we'll move on to, I guess, you talk about the NRL and Jerome Luai. Um, at the moment, we're in a very ugly situation, aren't we, in Rugby League with the World Cup? Um, yeah. And Jerome, I would not expect to see here um, at the end of the year now. With The, 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 the jungle drums are that um, the NRL are going to get the postponement they they wanted all along. Um how do you as a rugby league person is played at that level? How, how do you how do you
1: feel about that 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 situation that exists? Uh, hey, hello. I was quite surprised at first because obviously, you know, with the rugby Union happening, two seconds left. Lucas! Yeah. just shut my door, please, bro. Yeah. That's my boy. Uh, you know, I I'm not really I'm more of a fan of rugby league now than I was a couple of years ago, and obviously I'm I'm a big supporter of my son now who plays for Wigan Warriors, Lucas, coming through and he's, uh, you know, he's a tremendous talent. You know, they're, they're really great at Miley at Wigan and, you know, I'm over there twice a week. Uh, so obviously I'm keeping an eye on, on Tabs and stuff. And obviously with with the rugby blood, you know, in them, them part relationships with the players who are part of rugby blood, I keep an eye on them, them players. So I just think... Uh, it's sad for the players to be honest with you because the players are going to miss out on something so special uh, being a World Cup and you know some of them players who will probably get picked for Australia probably never been picked for Australia the likes of Jerome Lau who's uh, probably a showing to play for Australia uh, won't get a chance to play a World Cup and I think this World Cup will be really uh, competitive I think you've got New Zealand, Australia England and then you've got the South Sea Islanders uh, Tonga you know some some dark horses in there. Uh, it's just a shame because they've got the uh, South, they've got the South African and the, and the British lines playing. They've got the Olympics, you know, over there in Japan. Now, I don't know about the CBC and and the uh, World Health Organization or whoever they've been speaking to over in England. Uh, probably, as mentioned, that by the time the World Cup comes. <laughs> with the delta variant, there might possibly another be another lockdown, or there could be a lot of cases. And I and I know for a fact that Australia have been like really strict and disciplined when it comes to lockdowns. It's like three or four people get COVID and all Australia shuts down. You know, and and I think in England that wasn't the case. So it, it would be a shame. I'll be honest with you, it would be a shame because I, I would have enjoyed watching that. And I think it's a shame for the players. Mm. Uh, because you know, I think International Rugby League uh, should be put on a, a much bigger pedestal than it is because there's so many great teams and, and fantastic inter, uh, professional rugby league players on display for people to watch in only at the game. Hmm.
0: Have you encountered any kind of um, legal difficulties with the NRL? And, and you obviously you can't use the logos of the clubs and, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's just the players' own
1: likenesses that you can use, yeah. right? i've just gone i've gone directly to the players uh i've asked them themselves uh you know i don't include any uh copyright stuff from australia or, or super league in fact super league didn't in- endorse the first comic but uh we've pretty much you know the ball in the labeling and stuff is all by rubby blood uh so i've been very careful on that side of things i don't, I don't want to get sued uh <laughs> But, you know, I think getting the players is the masterstroke because mm. rugby ball is like, it's not emulating NRL. It's not emulating uh, the Super League. It, it's its own entity. Mm. It's its own IP. And uh, and that's the way I want to keep it. Uh, and I, I just want to grow it, you know, and I just want to see how good it can go because uh, not only will rugby league fans or rugby fans enjoy it, but I think any comic book fans will enjoy it. The story is brilliant. It's great. You know, it's got a bit of espionage in it. It's got a bit of Die 007, uh, you've got the rugby league in there. So it's he, very, uh, very colourful and, and the, and the storyline's fantastic.
0: What about um, the acting there? Okay, have you
1: done, has there been anything recent in that area? Yeah, I'm, just, uh, I'm, just, I'm actually uh, booking the, the premiere for my my newest film, Imperative, which is the first time I've, I've, I've produced a film and uh, it's the first time I'm a lead in a film. I play uh, Detective Jack Sullivan. He's a guy... Who uh, walks around with a lot of a lot of demons and a lot a lot of pain? Uh, he loses his wife in, in the film. He's he's single, but his wife goes missing. He, she goes to hospital one night and, and never returns home. And uh, DCI Sullivan was a really good cop, a very happy cop, and now in this part of his life, he's uh, he's a depressed. He's uh, he's pretty much like an addict, and. He basically drowns his sorrows every single night. He comes home from work, being a detective, seeing murders and stuff, comes home and drowns his, drowns his sorrows. But the main part of the, the film, the story to the film, is, is about a vigilante who's a, a serial killer. And he's going round the northern streets of England, murdering people, but he's murdering people who have, done, who have committed horrible crimes. So he's, he's kind of taking bad people off the streets, but it's my job to catch him. And uh, we've done a fantastic job of it. We really have. You know, I, I, I pretty much produced the whole film. I got a, a director who, was, who I knew were very talented. Uh, I needed to get him focused. He's a brilliant writer. And uh, I just needed to get a team around me. I, I mean, I even got people who are non-actors and they did a fantastic job. Uh, so the premiere will be in November. It will be the 27th. It will be at the Everyman Cinema in Leeds. And uh, we're looking at distributing the film worldwide and uh, hopefully get the film onto Netflix. And we've also, we're also writing the TV series around the main character, which is uh, DCI Sullivan. So uh, I've been really busy with that. And it's took us a couple of years, took us two years uh, to film it. But, you know, like I said, it's my first time leading the film. So people can actually, and a lot of people have been asking, you know, what, what am I doing and when can we see you in a film? But, you know, uh, they're, they're going to get their chance to to, to see me in action and uh, carry a film, and, and you know I think I did a decent job. So, but uh, yeah, so it's up to them to to agree with that. Mate,
0: um, we I think we need to rewind a bit. How do you actually, you know, um, finance? I guess for one, of the, most importantly, I mean, how you decide you want to make a film? Um, yeah. you know, you want to cast, you know, yourself as the as a lead. You've already d- done some acting elsewhere. How do you get to the point of actually getting the first day on set? I mean,
1: how do you do that? Uh, <laughs> a lot of hard work and uh, belief and perseverance. You know, the first thing I did was back in 2013 with Mickey Rock. It's mm. 2001 now. Mm. Uh, it's eight years. You know, and I've had little bit bit parts here and there in films. You know. A lot of my time has been spent with my family and helping Rihanna walk again. So I made them sacrifices. There were a lot of opportunities I could have, I could have gone for. I could have gone to America, but I didn't because my family was more important and will always be the most important thing to me. Uh, but I think uh, I think this film is going to get me to that next level. You know, I, I've got another film in, in, in September uh, when I play a character called Mr. B in a film called Cookster. Uh, It's a true biopic. It's it's the first time I'm playing an actual character, real life character. And then uh, I mean, talks about doing a mafia film, which will be in 2022, which will be a franchise of films. And I'll be traveling to Milan uh, and to Las Vegas in America. So there's 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 a lot of projects coming up. But this one, obviously, you know, producing it myself, getting the locations. uh, It's a weird one, really, because you know, I just think. I'm quite a stubborn type of guy. When I want to do something, I'll I'll go out. I'll put everything into it, and uh, we've done it. We've completed it, and you know the people that got on board was great. The energy was great, Uh, and over a two-year period, obviously with COVID, we had to stop filming, Uh, and it wasn't until about three months into the lockdown, I decided with my friend, I goes, you know, we we need to when we we start going out, you know, on as on as hourly uh, exercise. I says we need to uh i reckon we should do a scene in town in halifax town so the scene looks like we've actually got the town to shut the town down (laughs) you know it looks like we've paid a lot of money but we haven't paid nothing at all Mm -hmm. uh and that was just using my initiative uh it's it it was been really fun you know it's been really fun uh producing it but you know the end product is looking absolutely brilliant and uh you know we're gonna have celebrities coming up we're gonna have uh, Adam Hills, if you want to come up, uh, Joe Carl Zaghi be coming, uh, John Arson, Uh, you know, quite a lot of my celebrity friends will be coming to the to the red carpet event. Uh, and it would be fun, you know, it would be fun, but, you know, I, I enjoyed the film and it was tough and it was hard. Uh, but I'm excited for people to see it. I really am. I think they're going to be surprised. So
0: you're, we'll go in a sec, Mike. but you're on set and you're acting, but you're also... Worrying about every other aspect of the shoot, right? I mean, you're worried about the budget. You're worried about whether people show up on time, and um, you know um, all that. You know, you, like as you just said, you you went out, you know, into Halifax in in, in um, lockdown. So, how yeah. do you how do you do all that at once? Like, I mean, is it? Um, I mean, it must be must be nerve wracking. How can you just focus on acting? You know?
1: Uh, well, like you said, acting is all about concentration, in it? You know, you you, you got to be concentrated, but. I don't think I was like, I wasn't panicking because I, I got the team together, you know, and was in a group chat. So we were letting people know about certain times and sometimes we just, we'd need somebody there to do this scene, a certain scene. Uh, we, we actually got uh, Jenna Brough, Danny Brough's missus. She she plays a big part in the film. <laughs> uh, and you know, she reached out to me. I reached out to people on to, on uh, on Twitter and just asked, you know, is anybody interested in uh, playing a part in, 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 in this new film I'm doing? And Jenna reached out to me and uh, she said, I love love an extra part. And I went to my director and I spoke to him and I goes, you know what? We should give this, we should, we should give it a, we should give it a first start. We should give us some lines. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) he goes, all right. So we agreed to it and I reached out to her and I said, look, Jenna, we've decided we're going to give you an an actual role in the film. Uh, And don't worry, you know, learn your lines and we'll help you through the, through the scenes, which I did. And I did that with a a number of actors who never acted in the live, but they came in and and they did a brilliant job. Mm. Uh, Look, just remember your lines, okay? Just remember your lines. Don't come in and not remember the lines because that's that's the hardest bit. Mm. Uh, There was one or two times where someone had turned up and and completely not memorized his lines, Uh, (laughs) so we had to improvise. You know what I mean? Uh, But it was it was fun. It was tough, and it was a challenge. But you know, like playing rugby league. Uh, playing in a team, uh, teamwork, and having leadership, and and working together as a team, that translates into making a film. Yes, yeah. it's, it's same thing. And like I said, you better do the training. You got you got to put the w- road work in. Uh, you know, you got to learn your lines, come on set, and, and, and be concentrated and un- understand the scenes, and you know what you've got to deliver. And, and I just think you know you come and just give it your absolute best. But concentration is is a really big one. Uh, but I have actually enjoyed it being. Like a leader of the people, because everybody enjoyed it. In other words, there was, you know, people in, in the film were fifty and people in the film were fifteen. Mm. Uh, but the good thing about it, the energy was great. You know, the energy was great. And I, I'm like, I'm not a type of guy that shouts at people and stuff. And like, you know, it's it's about having that camaraderie and friendship, but also helping each other along. So, you know, it was it was a it was a fun time. It's probably the most fun I'll ever have on a on a film set. Was doing my own film. Before
0: we go, uh, Keith, I mean, I think most people watching or listening would be able to um, discern that you're a, the ultimate self-starter when it comes to, um, you know, self-motivating and, and actually getting out and doing things. And yet so many people you encounter in life um, sort of sit back and wait for opportunities to, to come to them, don't they? Um, how do, what's the secret to sort of having escaping that and having, having a mindset where you decide you want to do something, you find a way to get the resources together to do it and you just go out and do it. And, and is it contagious? Do you find that, it, you know, that when people see you doing it, that they start to change the way they think of, of life as well?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't this great at first when I wanted to go into, obviously when you, when you finish the league, it's really difficult, you know, to make that transition. And it's very rare, seldom that you'll see anybody, uh, never mind being an actor, but kick on and be successful in something else. Uh, for me, listen, I didn't want to, I left the game. I didn't want to leave the game in that way. I, I won the case against social Giants. And then, you know, the last year playing rugby league, I lost love for the game at that time. Uh, but I knew that for me, you know, I, I was still young. I'm not finished. You know, like I'm retired from sport, not from life. So for me, I think it's important for for any athlete or people who are are retiring, you could have something else you got to go for something that, you know, gives you that and you want to get out of bed and go for it. And I think with rugby blood and learning to write and, uh, you know, all the acting kind of things, they're my babies. And I enjoy doing that. Mm. Most important thing to me is family. I don't have it back to front. I don't like forget about my family and go after my goals. I have a beautiful family. I've got a, I've got a young son who's uh, at Wigan Warriors who's, uh, who I take twice a week. He's there for two hours and while he's training, I'm running around DWO Stadium doing marathons <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a fan now of my son and uh, I have every uh, confidence that he's going to go really far uh, because he, he's, his attitude's great. And I just think for me, I'm, a, I'm in a very good place in my life right now. Uh, you know, I, I did suffer with depression and stuff when I, when I retired from football and now just there's more blessings keep happening, uh, because I'm disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, you set your goal out and you go after it with everything you've got and just maneuver any negativity in your life, just get rid of the debris, get, get good for all the, as you call it, the shit stuff and get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's took me eight years, Steve, you know, to get to where I am right now. It's not just happened overnight. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. you know, I stopped a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm a vegan now and, uh, I'm just enjoying life. And I think if you're enjoying what you're going after, you're enjoying it and it's not stealing your peace. I think that's, that's what's really important. And I, I enjoy the acting because it takes me out of the comfort zone. Uh, you know, I'm lucky I didn't get smashed to pieces in Republic, but I did because my body's, you know, I've got ruptured discs and the neck hanging off and stuff, but, you know, I'm still in one piece, you know, I'm not, I want delusional. Mickey Rock put me in a film. Give me that vision. Uh and went after it. And I, and I realized that, like I said, Rugby League was just a platform for what I'm doing now. It was a platform for me to do what I'm doing now because all the, all the things I learned through my career, the losses, the adversity, the injuries, uh, you know, the letdowns, the failures, the, the bouncing back. I use all them tools now. I use them all mm-hmm. for every life. Uh, to help my missus when she had a spinal stroke and just to be there for her and, and encourage her. Uh, and I think that's what I am people who, are, who, are, who I love and, and my friends and even on film set it's all about encouragement and, and encourage people that you can do better because you know, sometimes we feel like we're doing good in life but we, I owe my ethos is that we can do a little bit better just make myself a little bit better than I was yesterday and uh, and that's what I do bro I just, I just give it my all and uh, you know Ruby Blood and the Imperative and, and and all the other things we're doing. Uh, we're actually writing a book, me and Riona, which comes out next year, next summer. It's it's our memoir about how we first met. And it'll also have an aspect of uh, a step-by-step how we overcame certain things. Mm. stroke, spinal stroke, and that's gonna be another that's gonna be another opener for us because we've got people who wanna actually do the film. Uh and actually a, a fly-on-the-wall documentary for Netflix. So, you know, there's some interesting things happening for us, but, you know, we've, 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 we've done it tough. We, me and my family have done it really, really tough, uh, you know, with, with what happened to Riona and stuff. But, we, you know, we stay strong and we're, we believe in God and, and faith, and that's been a big part of it as well for me uh, mm-hmm. spiritually. Uh, and I'm excited now. I'm, I'm excited, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in a good place now. And I think anybody chasing after their dreams uh should go after them. if you've got a dream and you want to chase after that dream uh just have the right people around you you know because sometimes you tell people tell people uh, your dreams and the dream killers they'll talk you out of it you know what i'm saying steve
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh, exactly well, um yeah. before we go where can people find you
1: um what 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 links and places on the internet and all that sort of stuff we can go on my, on my social medias uh, Keith Mason underscore official on Instagram uh, TikTok which were quite <laughs> quite a bit of a, a sensation on there now me and my family uh, that's Keith Luke Mason uh, Twitter is the real Keith Mason and Facebook uh, LinkedIn uh, Keith Mason so yeah I just hope that people enjoy uh, Ruby Blood it's going to be out probably next week on subscription so I, I can send that link over if you want to put that in the notes and that would uh, yeah. be